Welcome to The John Chapman Show, where we talk about the path of a wealthy millennial, uncovering the truth about building and protecting your nest egg. Join us on this journey as we hear the stories of millennials and mentors alike to help you plan, manage, and protect your wealth. John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Hey, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the John Chapman Show. It is so good to be together. I want to tell you, I'm excited for you, my high-performing, high-earning millennial, especially those of you with equity compensation. Maybe you know, you're a passionate entrepreneur and you've got personal equity in your business. Maybe you're an entrepreneur climbing that corporate ladder and you're being awarded company stock. Whatever it is, your equity is going to catapult you into a different net worth way beyond typical savings plans. And that is exciting, my friend. Of course, it doesn't guarantee success, of course, disclaimer, and certainly comes with a ton of risk and that equity can easily be lost. But that's what this show is all about, helping you along your path to save, build, and protect your wealth. Beyond that, of course, making an impact in the world around you. So it's a good day to be saving and investing, y'all. Let's get into it. Today's show is talking about the different levels of job change and the impact on your company stock and your equity. Four categories I want to get into today, the first of which is the new job the second, the job promotion. The third, the job transition. This would be through something like merger or acquisition, a take private. And the fourth category, the job elimination. Bum, bum. Yep, it's like the circle of life. It's the circle of corporate life and your career path. <laughs> and some of this might be totally intertwined. Actually, I have a, a good example of a close friend of mine. He worked at a startup out of New York for three or four years. He had a number of promotions in that time. Uh, and then came the big fish, Google, YouTube. They acquired them in an all-cash deal. He had a six to 12 month guarantee on his work contract. And then came the elimination. So it was just part of his career path and the circle of job changes. And in each stage, his equity comp was impacted. Super interesting. So we'll dive into that more. Hey, before we start, I want to remind everyone, myself included, about staying focused on those things that are within our control as opposed to the things that are outside of our control. Makes me think of my grandma screaming at the TV on a political channel. That's outside of your control, grandma, and it drives me nuts. You know, Stephen Covey refers to this as your circle of influence. And while it's fun to talk about investing and growing your portfolio, certain aspects of that are just outside of our control. And we don't always know what Wall Street's going to do with your stock today or tomorrow, even if you feel like the company is thriving. But what I do know is that what's in your control, at least to a much, much greater extent, is your career, career trajectory. So focusing on your craft, climbing the corporate ladder, having a vision for your life, and just crushing it at work is one of those things that will allow you to grow your portfolio, receive greater and greater amounts of equity compensation, and hopefully be able to build your net worth. So again, while it's distracting and it's easy for us to get into areas that are outside of our circle of influence, I want to bring it back into focus. And for you, day in and day out, if you focus on one thing, and that is being a master of your 
craft, you're going to be so much better ahead when it does come to your equity compensation. And that'll just naturally play itself out. So, oh yeah, let's transition. I'll get off my soapbox. Why don't we start with the first job level, uh, the, the new job how exciting. Congrats. If this is you, job well done, you've landed a new job. What does this new job mean for you? What about your family? Have you had to move? Did you shift industries? Maybe you went from healthcare to tech or vice versa, or did you go to a different department? Maybe you were in operations before, HR before, and now you're in sales. So whatever it is, I'm sure you are going to be drinking out of a fire hose, learning a ton over this next year as you're a new hire. And I want to specifically call attention to a few areas that you should be thinking about, provide a little action plan in here. And I want to use an example. So today, let's use Andrew as our hypothetical new hire. And uh, let's talk about some of the objectives that Andrew should be thinking about in his, his action steps. So... The first thing that I want to talk about is finding a mentor within the company. The second is scheduling a call with the HR and benefits department. And the third is getting in touch with the uh, custodians, maybe ADP, Fidelity, E-Trade, and so forth. So, uh, so Andrew, let's say he's in his mid-30s and you know he's got a growing family, maybe two kids. So my first suggestion to Andrew is actually to find a mentor. I wonder if there's somebody in the company that's been there for five years or more. doesn't necessarily have to be older, but they certainly could. And the benefit of the mentor is to be able to spend a lot more time than maybe HR benefits could. Certainly go much more in-depth than the basic onboarding session that you'll get at the beginning of the job. And they can talk about the the uniqueness of the health insurance and whether or not to do the high deductible plan or not. And they'll be able to talk about the uniqueness of different bonus packages and different sales metrics that the company will go through. So uh, I strongly encourage, of course, everyone should have a mentor. But if this is a situation where Andrew is entering a new job at a new employer, I'd want to stress even on in more more than other cases to find the mentor. Uh, the whole reason is because you'll be able to hopefully learn from them some more of the ins and outs, as I mentioned, and start to know the uh, equity compensation, especially package more intimately. And so the second action plan is having a separate dedicated call with the HR or benefits team above and beyond whatever onboard session you have. I imagine new employee, you're learning the ropes, So this might seem like the last thing that you have time or would want to do. But I'm sure for those who have been through this experience, I know that I have in previous jobs before, you get a lot out of just a specific 30-minute call with HR. You want to ask about, tell me again, how is my paycheck structured? What's the timing of my my pay? What about the vesting time frames for my 401k? Is there a 90-day blackout period? Is there a one-year vesting schedule before any of this money starts to vest? and then increments after that. How about for my RSUs, my restricted stock units? Tell me again about the vesting timeframes for this. So I think that phone call can be very helpful and give you at least some basics. Beyond that too, of course, you want to check on the disability insurance, the life insurance options there. And that's uh, something that might be a little opaque at the very beginning. 
the final step here in our action plan for Andrew as he's getting started is to start making the elections. And in this section, I actually encur- I would encourage somebody like Andrew to reach out to the financial planner. This is where the financial planner can get involved as you're starting to make elections. And there's three likely areas that you're going to be allocating your 401k to, or excuse me, your your compensation, your salary to. Things like first, your 401k. Second, your health plan. Maybe that comes with an HSA, and you can see whether or not you can max out the HSA. And the last thing is, is if ESPP, Employee Stock Purchase Plan, is available. So chatting with the financial planner, you get to see, here's my compensation. Let's pretend it's $150,000 of salary, and uh, I get a little equity on the side. You can start to think about what elections you should put in your 401k, how much to put in your HSA, your ESPP, and so on. So boom, there you go. Those are my quick action plans for my new hire. Anyone going through this process, no, I, I, know, I know it's going to be a lot. But you'll learn super quickly. And I'm sure after a year or two, you will probably be promoted. So that takes us into our second job transition, the promotion. Awesome. If this is you, well done. Your hard work has been noticed and it's paid off. Your years of loyal dedication mean that you're now the big dog. So what, what are you now? What's your job title? Are you, uh, I don't know, director of marketing? Are you VP of sales? So I imagine with this promotion comes probably a pay increase. Your salary might go from what, 150000 to 220000 So that's a pretty nice salary bump. But you also probably might experience a larger portion of your total package is now tilted a lot more towards equity. Before you had maybe $20,000 of RSUs. Now you're getting, what, $60,000, $70,000 of RSUs. Maybe you're even getting some stock options or some other type of obscure equity comp. That's super exciting. So what I've found in folks that I've worked with through the years, at the point of this promotion, life starts to feel abundant, doesn't it? Which that's pretty exciting. You might have the uh, you, you might have the inclination to pay less attention to your budget. You're not as tight anymore. You know, you're you're making a big dog salary, and maybe you're not keeping track of the equity. You think, I'm here. I'm in it for the long haul. I'll focus on that later. Plus, I'm just busy and I've got projects to do. So these are going to be natural temptations for you as you go through the job promotion, but I encourage you, stay vigilant. Let's consider an action plan, and let's use a hypothetical example of a person named Jessica, okay? Let's say Jessica's the one that's been promoted, and she feels like she's got all of these balls in the air. So what is her action plan? Step number one, be vigilant with your salary, and... um, Some people like keeping a budget, and for them that comes naturally. Others, it doesn't. I'm not here to say one way or another. But if you're not going to keep a detailed budget of how you're spending your money, the one category I would want for you to focus on is the ratio of your savings as a percentage of your total income. Let's take an example. Let's say you have $150,000 a year and you've got $10,000 of RSUs. 
pretend you save all of your RSUs and you put another $10,000 or so into your 401k. Well, it's, a, it's just $20,000 of savings off of a compensation package that's about $160,000. So as a ratio, that's actually a fairly, let's say, high ratio. It could be a lot higher, of course, but that's a decently high ratio of savings to income. Let's compare and contrast that. Let's say somebody has a, a very large increase in their total compensation package and it goes up 30, 40, or 50%. Now your salary is what? 230,000 and your RSUs are up to 50 or $60,000. So your total compensation is now pushing $300,000. So to get to that same savings ratio, what, you're going to be saving almost $60,000 a year? Now, that might sound crazy for some. Maybe for others, it, it sounds easy. But the biggest thing that I see is lifestyle creep. That 300000 of total compensation is going to look pretty awesome when your friends start talking about traveling, when your wife starts talking about, sorry, I don't mean wife, your spouse could be husband or, or wife, you know, when your spouse starts talking about moving into that nicer neighborhood with a better school district and lifestyle creep becomes something that is very, very difficult to, uh, to turn back on. So I think I beat this over the head. Step one, stay vigilant on your savings as a ratio of your total income. Next step is to understand the vesting timeline for your RSUs or stock options, whatever they are. I actually referred to this as RSU stacking. You know, if you're only been at the business, at the company for three, four, or five years, you might only have one or two grants that are now starting to vest for you. But if you've been there six, seven, eight years, and you're getting promoted and going up the ranks. How many t grants are you going to have vesting every six months or every quarter? You'll have a lot, which means that your income is going to be potentially super high when all of that happens. So just keep track of the different vesting schedules, and I imagine your custodian has a little chart there. Okay, step number three for Jessica as she's working through her job promotion is to coordinate with the financial planner. And assuming that her savings and her company stock is far exceeding her spending, Jessica's going to really need to start making some strategic decisions about how she is allocating these dollars to meet short-term and long-term goals. Well, what if she wants to upgrade and get the new car? And that's uh, going to be somewhat of a significant expense in one or two years. What about uh, changes around the house? Do you need a new roof? Are you going to try to be moving into uh, another neighborhood with a better school district? What if you need to start saving more for the college uh, savings for your children and you haven't done that so far? So those are just uh, some examples to try to get strategic with as your net worth is going to be building. In addition, we need to be thinking about your concentration risk. Uh, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when the market gets volatile, your stock is going to imp be impacted. And if you're too focused on keeping all of the stock there with the company, uh, you could see some major swings. And I want you to know, I'm not here to say sell it all. There's tons of room 
to be strategic in this. But as an example, let's pretend you're going to be focused on buying a new home. You and your spouse are excited about that. You've had multiple years of RSUs uh, vest and you've just held on to that stock uh, over this time. Let's use an example. What if Jessica needs $300,000 and she plans to sell that in addition to selling current home and taking all of that equity together and buying a new home? What if that coincides with a major downturn in your company stock. Ouch. I know a specific example of a close friend in 2018. Yes, the S&P 500 was down at you know, at one point it was down 15-20%. It closed the year down about 8%. But guess what? Apple stock was down over 40% that year. Ouch, tough time to be trying to sell your RSUs and use that money to buy a home. You might be getting a different one than you first thought. So anyways, concentration risk just becomes something to be more top of mind. So to recap here, for the promotion, monitor your income to savings ratio. Next, know your vesting timelines. Third, Start allocating money across your various short and long-term goals. And last, keep an eye on some of the concentration risk. All right, let's move on to our third category, the job transition. Ooh, things are getting interesting now. This job transition, was this a surprise? Or was this something that's long time coming, do you think? Maybe it's the product of a merger, It's like the most recent one, United Technologies and Raytheon, two mega companies that'll be fairly well-matched going forward. And if you're in this situation, maybe you're not necessarily going to lose your job, but it still might mean a fairly big transition. And uh, the two independent stocks will soon become one new corporation. Or maybe it's an, an acquisition. Maybe it's a big fish coming in and swallowing up a smaller fish. Your job might be on the rocks. They probably already have a sales department if they're a bigger company. And if you're in sales, uh, hopefully you get placed on some different team, but you keep your job. But your existing stock is going to have an impact. Or maybe it's a take private, like uh, Dell or Panera Bread or Shutterfly most recently. So I think these job transitions can really vary. So it's hard to exactly say how you'd be impacted We'll break them down here in just a second, but no doubt your emotional state is going to vary widely too. So let's talk about what are the different type of job transitions, the tax consequences, and the equity comp consequences. Again, said this before, disclaimer, every situation is unique. Don't take this as tax advice. But um, in most cases, let's start with the first, a merger As I referenced before, if a merger is taking place, I guess in some ways out of the other categories, this is probably the best case scenario because most often you won't have a tax consequence with this. Your existing stock would simply be converted into the new entity shares. It might not result, especially if it's an all-stock deal, it might not result in any type of immediate pending tax consequence. And so if you're going through a merger, more often than not, what I've seen is that your your compensation package might change a little bit, but your stock, however it's being delivered to you, will more or less stay the same. So in some some ways, the merger is the easy route. The not-so-easy route is the acquisition. 
you know, acquisitions again can vary too. It's either going to be cash or stock or combination of between. Uh, an example I've worked with a few clients on is a half stock, half cash deal. And in most cases here, you will have some type of tax consequence. I know in one case, client had been with an employer for 10 plus years. He had a ton of stock with a huge gain. And along came the acquisition, and they did not specify the day that it was going to go forth. And then, boom, we woke up. All of his stock had been sold it had been converted half to cash and half to the new company stock at a new basis. Yikes. That was an interesting day. So the last one, let's say a take private. Uh, let's pretend a private equity company is going to uh, do the opposite. They're going to go take a publicly traded company and, and move them back to being private. So in this case, you're, you're much more likely to have, again, a tax consequence because your stock is going away. It's being purchased. So lots of different potentials here with this job transition and varying different degrees of impact with your stock. As we have in the others, let's consider an example. Let's say uh, we have Sarah, and she works in sales for a tech company, and she's been there for a few years, and along comes the bigger fish that buys out her smaller tech company for a half cash and half stock deal. Uh, the good news for Sarah, let's pretend in our scenario, is that the purchase price is at a huge premium to the current stock. That'd be exciting, and that'd be a huge win for her. Uh, another good news might be her job is going to be kept. Uh, she'd get a small title increase, let's even say, and um, that'd be all pretty exciting. The bad news for Sarah, though, might be all of her existing vested stock, she's going to recognize a pretty significant tax gain. And it's going to be some converted into cash, so she'll have this huge lump sum to figure out what to do with, and then she'll have a bunch of new company stock. So what is the action plan for Sarah in the midst of this transition? Very first step, there needs to be an immediate call or let's say email to the CPA uh, especially unlike other scenarios where you're starting a new job or you're getting a job promotion. Yes, you want to be coordinated with your CPA actively, but this is a clear case where you want to be extra proactive in reaching out to your CPA. You might send an email and CC your financial planner or financial advisor on it and say something like, hey, CPA, uh, just was announced that there's an acquisition happening. I don't know when the timeline is, but um, I've got various forms of stock ESPP, RSUs, or NSOs. Um, so I just want to understand what's my long-term capital gain, my unrealized gains in these stocks. What, what's my ordinary income impact? This is just huge because if you can give yourself a little bit of a timeline or a runway, you might be able to do a lot more sophisticated tax mitigation strategies. Uh, I'll have to cover those strategies in another show, and maybe we'll have to bring on an attorney or CPA to help walk through it. I'm certainly leave those expert, sophisticated strategies to them, but uh, they, 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 they're out there. And this would be a time to get fairly sophisticated, especially if there's going to be one year where you're going to have an extra pop in long-term capital gains or in ordinary income through this acquisition. 
the next thing to do is the action plan is to meet with the financial planner. If you're going to get a large influx of cash, let's say it was your company stock, uh, half of this acquisition is just within cash. So you're going to have um, a bunch of money lying around. So again, we need to revisit allocating this across your various short-term and long-term buckets. Now would be an awesome time to think about paying down some of the debt. Do you have any credit card or student loans? Do you want to pay down some of your mortgage? Do you want to buy out your car from this lease? Um, or even you know some long-term retirement savings allocations. So meeting with the financial planner is super important. The last action for Sarah in this might be to think about a contingency plan. It might be all dandies and roses right now um, through this acquisition, and it might not seem that her job is on the rocks, but uh, it sure would be smart to have a contingency plan. What if the culture changes? What if sales don't go as planned for this new company or the, the acquiring company? I know it's a silly phrase, but for, in this case for Sarah, so much better to prepare and not repair. <laughs> so have a con contingency plan for employment and your stock. Which brings us to our fourth category, the job elimination. Ooh, shoot. Maybe this is on the part of you and you felt like this is a logical time. You want to change careers or change companies and this is you're going to step into a different phase in life or maybe it's even worse maybe you got let go through a reduction in force or um, your level of management is being fired so uh, whatever the case is before you run out into the job search and go down that rabbit hole let's think about some of the implications for your stock and in this case, let's consider another example. Let's say Ryan. Let's pretend Ryan could see the writing on the wall. His smaller company had been acquired. He had been at the larger firm for a few years, and things weren't going hot. He was at a level where he was either going to get let go. So let's pretend he just stepped away before getting let go. What are the action plans for Ryan? The very first thing is to locate and determine the type of equity comp you have. In this case, you want to figure out what's vested versus not. Let's take some cases for uh, ESPP. ESPP, likely if you hold a stock, it's all been vested. If you're within a buying window, within a six-month window, and you have some buildup, six or $7,000, they probably won't buy you that stock because you're no longer there. So payroll will end up giving you that money back that's been taken out of your paycheck over the past couple of months. So for ESPP, oftentimes after you're no longer there, the job elimination, you're going to get some type of cash back uh, from the company from your payroll. For RSUs, obviously all the vested stock is still yours. You get to decide whatever to do with that. But for all of those grants and all of those years, all those shares that have not vested yet, I think the most common scenario is that there's a prorated amount that'll be given to you. Otherwise, it'll almost automatically be forfeited very soon after you leave. And, uh, and that can hurt. You've one day seen a couple hundred thousand dollars, let's pretend, as unvested shares. And, um, you know, life's life. And if you do need to make the transition, that's that. But uh, tough to be able to see that those dollars evaporate from your statement. Um, but hopefully there's some prorated amount that gets granted invested to you. Uh, the last stock options, they can vary 
per plan rules, uh, in the worst case scenario, 90 days after leaving, your stock options uh, are void and cannot no longer be exercised. Um, in some rare instances, you might be able to stay, uh, you might be able to wait to exercise this until the end of the grant period. So maybe you get another one, two, or three years, whatever the case may be. But um, I guess the action plan is call your custodian, verify as soon as you've left what the plan rules are for your various stock, and uh, recognize that that just might be part of the game. So there you have it, four different stages the new hire, the promotion, the job transition, and the job elimination. So much to consider. I know we've covered a lot. And I'm sure by this point, you've seen a little bit of a theme on my end. (laughs) And uh, it's starting to repeat itself, but I do that on purpose. Because when it comes to equity comp, number one, be proactive. Reach out to HR, whether you've just started or you've just left. Also, be proactive. Get a mentor. The second thing, coordinate with your CPA and your financial advisor and just make sure you're all working together to help you. And then the last thing, keep track of your salary, your savings as a percentage of your income, how concentrated you're being, and how you're allocating money across your various goals and timeline. So no plan is foolproof. This doesn't guarantee success. But dang, it certainly puts the odds in your favor. And uh, hopefully this leads to a pretty awesome financial situation. You can certainly better prepare yourself to be in a place of financial independence. So boom, there you have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Now get on out there, make it happen, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.